Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 170. I'm your host, Simon Feek. Our guest today is Boo Seeker. The electro-pop singer-songwriter is releasing his brand new record tomorrow, which is entitled Between the Head and the Heart. In today's episode, we're speaking with Ben Boo Gumbleton about the songwriting process for this record, playing Coachella, and we discuss what Food Seeker is. Here we go. Our guest today is the frontman for one of Australia's most loved live acts. Having released their debut record, Never Too Soon, back in 2017, this week sees their welcome return with their second studio record, Between the Head and the Heart. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Boo Seeker. Hello, how are we? I'm great, and yourself? Very well, thank you. Um, Where are we finding you today? Uh, Our place in Burley Heads. I've been calling Burley Heads home for a year and a half now. Packed a backpack on December 26, 2020, when they were looking at closing the uh, the borders again because I'd picked to work with Matt, the producer that lives in Queensland, and um, we'd already knocked back the, the record of about 12 months, 13 months, and they were looking at closing the border again. So I literally packed a backpack and drove up here and haven't left since. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, what, what's, the, what's the music scene like up there? It's great. It's been it's like a very different scene to some extent um, than what I was used to in Newcastle. Um, in saying that, I wasn't obviously in Newcastle quite a lot with touring around and whatnot. But um, the other crazy thing is there's there's a few people from Newcastle that are living in uh, in the Gold Coast. So it's crazy how it's done a full circle. But, yeah, getting to, into the scene up here is very different to um, the scene in Newcastle, that's for sure. um i have to say congratulations firstly because um there is a beautiful record that's coming out this week um it is the third record from you between the head and the heart so firstly congratulations on that and then the release of that thank you very much yeah it's been a um it's been a whirlwind getting to this to this day that's for sure of course i know you mentioned something before and before we do get into the nitty-gritty of the album and the record. There is something else I kind of wanted to touch on um, because I know that with any kind of album cycle, there's always press to be done. There's always, you know, things to kind of help promote the record and every artist is trying to do something different or, you know, stand out. One thing 
that I came across that I thought was brilliant that I already noticed a number of friends following. Can you please explain to us what Food Seeker is <laughs> and, and how you came across that? Uh, so food's been like a, a massive part of what I love, especially through touring. Like there's one thing I love doing on my off days and still, you know, on the days that I am touring is going and finding, um, you know, amazing restaurants or amazing snack places or um, trying the cuisine of the different countries and, and um, you know, getting to – I love cooking at home. So, you know, going around the world and then coming home and trying new recipes at home has definitely been something that I've, I've always done. Um, and then moving to the Gold Coast, uh, one of my very good friends that I live with um, knew that my manager had – bought the name Food Seeker because we had spoken about it, but I just hadn't had time doing the um, the record to do anything with it. And she knew that I had a, um, a page, but there was no followers, no um, uh, no posts because I hadn't, hadn't started anything. And I cooked a family meal and um, without me knowing, she did a post and stuck it up. And then I looked at it the next day because I was getting all these crazy things overnight. And all of a sudden there was 2,000 followers overnight and I was like, holy crap, what, what's happened here? And saw that it was Nikki and then um, I just thought, oh, it, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of, it looks like a lot of work, but it's really not because all it is is just me taking pictures of rather what I cook at home or me going out and eating. And it's crazy to think that uh, people have gotten into it so quickly. And <laughs> I, think, I think if anything, though, it's just shown me that, it's not that far from the spectrum of what I've been doing around the world in the last five, six years anyway. Like I've always posted about, you know, trying new wines or going out to restaurants. So just having a page to be able to kind of express my other other side of things that I love has, has been really cool and I've been really enjoying it. 100%. I think um, the more we've come along, even in the last 10 or 15 years, people like to see different facets or different sides of artists. And I think that... Um, this Instagram page, and we will put it in the show notes of this episode. Uh, so anyone who wants to go visit, but yeah, there's some incredible dishes on there. One pork belly that looked um, incredible. <laughs> incredible. Yeah, I've got to say that the uh, whenever I whenever I go to some of my friends that I haven't seen for a while, and I ask them what they want me to cook, it's usually the uh, the crispy pork belly for sure. <laughs> I think well, it, it, from the image alone, I imagine with good reason, but um, <laughs> that, is, that is not what we are here to talk about. Thank you for <laughs> indulging me with that. We can talk about um, Port Valley if you want it. That's not a problem. <laughs> I might get in trouble with the the powers that be for, <laughs> for what we're promoting. Um, Between the Head and the Heart is the new record that is out this week. I'm curious uh, because I know that everyone's kind of been locked up indoors doing everything like that for the last number of almost 18 to 24 months. How long has this record been in the works from yourself? And I know you mentioned before there was a few kind of roadblocks to get here. I heard that there was, I think, one record that was almost done and then put aside. Yeah. How has it been and how are you feeling about it? Um, it's been, yeah, I think this record, and I'm only kind of somewhat seeing it now is, is on a personal level as a lot of accomplishments. I think... Uh, as you said before, I had a record already done um, prior to me coming up here that I'd already shown Matt that I was like, these are the songs I want to record for the next album. Great. We'd all we'd all signed off on them and was coming up here to do that. And then, um, yeah, some, some things just happened in my personal life that uh, definitely went down a road that 
I don't think anybody in life would have ever been anticipating or being ready to, to have to go through. And that record that I had written just really wasn't, we started recording and it just really wasn't resonating with me at all. Um, I was kind of going into the studio, not really into it, not, you know, not, um, not feeling inspired. And I just went home one night and was kind of in this rut and certainly not to make this interview, you know, sound depressing by all means, but I just kind of had that moment um, where I was looking at myself in a mirror and was like, what am I doing? Like I just, I'm not in a good place. I'm not, not feeling good within myself and um, just had this kind of weird experience of looking at myself in a mirror and feeling like that person started kind of talking back to me. Like it was almost like myself going, what are you doing? Like, you know what you got to do to get out of this place and it's only you that can get you out of this place. And basically what I did was I went straight back onto the notepad and started writing a song called I Like It Like, which was basically a message straight to myself. Um, and basically it just turned me into wanting to write 12 personal messages to myself to, to get me out of this rut that I was in. So I basically scrapped the whole record and told Matt that, I was going to rewrite the whole thing and he was <laughs> a little confused and a, and a little worried <laughs> at that present time that he hadn't heard any of the songs that were going to come out. And, um, yeah, I think this is something that I needed to do to, to get me on the other end of this. And like I said before, I feel like I am seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel and if anything comes out of this record, it's just shown me, as cliche as it sounds, the power of music and, and what, it, what it does personally for me to, to get me on the other end of a, a hard time. Of course. I'm, firstly, I'm very glad to hear that you have been able to kind of, I, uh, to maybe paraphrase or whatever, to kind of use music as an outlet to find your way out of that kind of uh, rut, as you said. Yeah. Without focusing on, um, on, on the, I guess the, the thoughts and whatever else was going on before when you do have those songs that are already written and then you're kind of putting them aside, is there any, how difficult is that decision? Or is there a point where you're thinking, I understand that they don't resonate, but can, can anything be repurposed or is it just a no flat clean slate kind of start again? Um, yeah, I mean, there was definitely a lot of chats with, with everybody at that point. Cause you know, everyone had already signed off on the songs and everyone was stoked on where the record was going. But I do feel that I was did this fork in the road for me personally and I think what my management and the producer at the time was kind of understanding as well is that I can go out and, and put these, at that time it was only 10 songs, I can go and record these 10 songs that I'm just going to literally be a nine to five getting into the studio, can't, can't wait to get it done and, and just put it out to the world and just kind of come up with some sort of story that I've never done in the past, you know, like for me, you know, writing a song is, is I want it to mean something to me before it goes out to, you know, the world, because I, I do agree. I was in the studio with, with um, an artist the other day and they took the words right out of my mouth. Like if it doesn't mean something to you, I don't think it's going to mean anything else to anybody else. Um, so for me, I, at that point, I just felt like this, the record that I had, needed to be put aside because I could just tell that me moving forward, um, listening to it, uh, just wasn't going to mean anything to me. So I'm not saying that I'd never go back and, and revisit those songs and maybe I'll find a whole new uh, purpose for those tracks. But 
Um, I think that my management and my producer at the time was like, I think Ben needs to go through this, even though it was a more time-consuming process for everybody to let me get through it. Um, we've come out the other end, I think, with a product that I'm personally happy with and I know that I'm, you know, I'm happy to go out there and, and talk about it. And, and it was a, another process for me to actually be a lot more, um, what's the word, uh, a lot more just straight to the point with a lot of these lyrics. I think I've always found me kind of bouncing around a certain, uh, you know, the, the inspiration to the song because I always do and I still do look at it. Every song that I write, I want to write it in a way that people can connect with it in their own way. I, I never tell people exactly what the track's about because I think that's the the most amazing thing about art is it can mean something entirely different to you than what it does to me. So um, I always still do that, but I still listen to these lyrics on a personal level and and just think that it's um, probably the most confronting thing that I've had to do personally when it comes to writing music, that's for sure. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, of course. It, um, I think that these days audiences can tell when an artist is being authentic, if you will, and that that does help in the connection between the artist and the fan. I think people resonate with music that they can tell the artist is actually really feeling something or saying something. And as you said, clocking in to do a nine-to-five job, you probably wouldn't be doing yourself, sorry, you would be doing yourself a disservice but also your fans as well. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, um, I mean, look, a lot of people do look at writing music as a nine-to-five and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, everyone always asks the artist what the process is and nine times out of ten we're all different. You know, I, one of my, my best mates, Kim Churchill, he gets up at 4 a.m. in the morning and writes between 4 a.m. and 7 a.m. every morning and just comes out with a song and I just look at him and go, you're bloody ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, <laughs> you know. Uh and I certainly won't be doing that anytime soon. But there is other people that just get into a studio, write whatever they write from that nine to five, and that's it. And and it works for them. But for me, it's uh, I can't do that. I've got to I've got to write something that means means something to me. And I don't care if I've got to work twenty hours in that day for that song. You know, it, it doesn't bother me at all. But it just it just needs to mean something to. Me. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I can definitely understand that, and um. I think I would love to know if possible. I know with this record, you were a little bit more open, I believe, to some like outside influences. I think previously when writing, uh, you wouldn't listen to, to other music 
so that it didn't kind of, you know, permeate its way into a, into the process. But I think this time it was different with, um, I think you were listening to Moby, I think Billie Eilish, uh, um, yeah, other artists like that. Uh, what, what was, I guess, what brought upon that change and how do you feel that did affect the songwriting? Well, when I, when I was kind of going through this whole, you know, process of, uh, you know, getting to the stage that I, I wanted to write these messages. Prior to that, I mean, I, I wasn't inspired at all. I mean, the first six months of, of COVID when we just kind of, the whole music industry looked like it was going to be dead in the water. Um, I wasn't inspired to do anything, to, to be brutally honest. And it was probably the first time that I found myself listening to a lot of music again because I've been on the road a lot, I've been writing a lot, I've been already writing a record. So I went back into my process of not listening to a lot of music. Um, I just found myself finally, you know, laying on the couch and and listening to vinyls for eight to ten hours a day, you know, which is probably the most amount of music that I've consumed for a very, very long time. Um, and then moving to the Gold Coast and being part of the scene up here that is very different to me, the, to the Newcastle as well, I mean, being around Newcastle and being on the road, usually it's with a lot of bands up here. It's a lot more in the dance realm of music. There's um, like this underground, um, these underground raves called uh, the Sweatshop and Need the Freak. That the, the guys that run those have been become very very close friends of mine and was always inviting me to come to these these parties that they put on. And it was incredible. It was incredible to see artists. I'd, I'd never even heard any about these artists and there would be packed tents just going absolutely crazy about it. And, um, you know, the closest thing that I could say that it, it took me to is my first time going to Berlin and going to the underground um, kind of clubs and that. And I think being a part of that scene up here it was something completely and utterly brand new to me that it definitely did influence me in taking that kind of sound back to the studio um, and also working with... Hayden James and him coming to me and asking me to write some songs for his record. There's no doubt about it that, you know, me dulling, dodging into his music and listening to him, that that definitely influenced the sounds of some of these songs for sure. I was going to bring up the, um, the collaboration with Hayden because it feels like, well, it seems from like an outsider's perspective that it has been quite fruitful. I think that he's worked on a few tracks on this record. You've worked with him um, I did see that you uh, made it across to Coachella with him earlier this year, which looked incredible. How was that experience? Uh, to be brutally honest, when he first told me, I thought um, I thought he'd had too many glasses of wine. I thought he was just kind of <laughs> playing a bit of a hoax on me. <laughs> um, but when I got the confirmation email the next day, I was like, holy crap, this is actually happening. Um, and it's just an absolute honour. You know, like I've, I've looked – up to Hayden prior to Busega even being a thing, you know, in the electronic world, in especially Australia. And to be asked by someone like him to come and write some songs on his record and Jay and I, um, and Jay, the other part of Boo now, you know, was being able to be a part of two songs on his record being free and lights go down. It's... For me, it's, it, it, it always and forever will be about having respect within within the industry and being asked by someone like Hayden to do songs is, to me, a, a massive respect and something that I will um, never forget for sure. Yeah, of course. I was hoping, I know you mentioned just a second ago, you don't ever kind of give away the the, the true meaning of a song. As, as you said, it's open for interpretation. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you could maybe 
So not speaking so much about the lyrics, but talk about maybe the mechanics or the the song building, if you will. Um, yeah. One of my favourite tracks off the record was Superstar, which I thought was this beautiful kind of like hazy track, which I think is around the middle of the record, around track five or six. Yeah. Um, are you able to just tell us a little bit more about how that track was built or how it was um, composed, I guess? Well, that one alone was definitely like, uh, how can I say this without giving it too much away? Um, <laughs> let's just say it was very much a therapy session. <laughs> that one, when it came to like actually getting my frustrations of a lot of things out, um, yeah, there was a lot of, yeah, I don't know how to say this without giving it too much away, but I, I feel like when people, I wanted to write a song that regardless of what people are going through in their life, um, I wanted to definitely write a chorus that they could just turn the volume up to max and just scream this thing out. You know, like I, I hope that when we get to start playing this one live at our own shows and at festivals, I, I do really feel like that that can be a, a four-minute therapy session for all of us where we just <laughs> let out any frustrations that's happened in our, in our lives for that week and just yell it to the heavens above and, and um, you know, feel, feel a bit more cleansed and move on. <laughs> I hope that I hope that's enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. I do I do get that kind of vibe that it will be a a popular track amongst the festival crowd. So um thank you. Thank you for indulging me with that. <laughs> um when uh it comes as you mentioned, live shows, they are coming back, festivals they are coming back. You are on the road with Hayden James across July and August. How are you feeling about those shows? Are you excited to kind of be able to play this record for, for Aussie audiences? Yeah, it's um, well. When Hayden and I first spoke, he wanted me to come on the road with him just to uh, to sing the songs off his record. And then we started talking about um, supports, and he was he was like, "Do you know anyone that'd be good for the support?" And I was like, "Well, don't want to state the obvious here, but yeah, he's kind of staring at you through the Zoom camera." And he's like, yeah, "Do you exactly. really? Yeah, do you really want to come and do the support?" And I was like, "Yeah, buddy, I was like, let's go." Uh, you know, I think I'm just so excited to to get back out there and playing music. I mean, obviously we've had a few things starting to come back, but I mean, there's places like WA and, and South Australia and Melbourne and stuff that I haven't played there for nearly two and a half years now. And, you know, for me, I just can't wait to get back out there and play again. So any, any uh, excuses in the right word, but any um, reason to get out there and play is uh, I'm all for it. And I think the other amazing thing is going to be going and playing to a different audience. You know, when you play, that's what I also love about playing at festivals is when you play your own shows, it's a totally different feeling because you usually have 95% of the crowd that's there, no boo seeker and, and know your music. And I love going and playing to crowds that there might be 80% of the people in the crowd that have no idea who boo seeker is. And, and I, I love that experience of, of seeing somebody, see a band well you know hopefully like for me like seeing somebody or hearing somebody come up to me after a show and go never seen you before and that was awesome or seen you before and that didn't really enjoy it like that's fine but i i love i love that experience i love playing to new crowds and and to get out there with hayden james's um crowd is is going to be an honor can't wait we are um we are based in south australia and we know quite a few people who've already expressed their excitement in both 
I think here it's almost being booked as a, as a double bill. It's not a support. There seems to be enough excitement around both acts for it to be a double bill. So I think people are very excited to see you, uh, to see you back on the road. It's been a shame not to be back at, in Adelaide for so long. I've, um, I've missed playing Adelaide. I've had some great shows there and we're coming back. So we're doing the Hayden run and then we're coming back to, to do our own run, I think about a month later, we're back. Um, and it's, fir- it's going to be the first time I think that we've ever played Adelaide on a Saturday because every time that we've always <laughs> had to come to Adelaide, it's always the jump over to Perth. So you always do Adelaide on the um, on the Thursday and then jump over to WA. But this time around, I was like, you know what? Like everyone's always asked us to come on a on a week weekend. So let's uh, let's route a little bit different and and go over to Perth first and then come back and play Adelaide. So I'm I'm really looking forward to getting there and playing on a weekend for the first time for sure. That's very exciting, and you'll. Uh, you'll be able to enjoy Adelaide nightlife <laughs> for what it is. I guess I'll, I'll well, my nightlife, my nightlife around you is actually. I just went for a week uh, into the Barossa and uh, finally, oh. finally got my way through the Barossa for a week. And man, I can't wait to get back and do that again. I was <laughs> in absolute heaven. <laughs> well, then yes, you'll love it. Not an issue then. <laughs> Um, ben, very quickly and, uh, and lastly, sorry, um, usually we'd ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to, if there's any record at the moment or any single, whatever it may be, that has kind of uh, got your interest. Um, things that I've been listening to at the moment, I can actually tell you because I probably haven't lined up on my vinyl player. So I've just been going back and listening to uh, Lord's first record. That's the last thing that I've been listening to. Um Gone back into, I've been a huge fan of Lana Del Rey. So I've gone back and started listening to a lot of Lana Del Rey. Um, there's a, a Australian band that's coming up through the ranks called um, Pacific Avenue. I've been really enjoying those guys. Um, what else have I been getting to, into? I'm just trying to think of new stuff and not always the old stuff. Um uh, who else have I been listening? That's probably I've been indulging mostly on that. I mean, I do always go back and listen to. Um, I've been listening to Massive Attack and obviously Moby. Um, been yeah, hugely getting into. You brought up a name before, Billie Eilish. I, I wasn't a, wasn't really um, around a lot of her stuff there for a while. I only knew her singles, but I got to catch her at Coachella, and she just absolutely blew my mind um and i've just been really loving her at the moment so that's probably like my my top five that i've been listening to at the moment for sure all very solid picks um and agreed i think billy eilish not falls into this pop category but some people might dismiss or just not be aware of or whatever it may be but um her and the work that she does with her brother Phineas. I'm not sure if you're across his stuff, but yes, his I, am. I don't know a lot well. of his stuff, but I, I know of him. Obviously, he brought out a couple of songs that I know, and he's you know a lot behind Billy stuff. She, he's just like he's nearly another in my eyes. He's nearly another another Kevin Parker kind of up there with how good he is. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. Just production techniques that seem to be. Years ahead. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, Ben, thank you very much for your time today. Once again, congratulations on the new Boo Seeker record. It is thank between you. the head and the heart. It is out tomorrow. We're putting it uh, the show notes in the links to. Sorry, we're putting the links in the show notes to the podcast so everyone can go and buy it, stream it, everything else. But again, thank you for coming onto the podcast. 
And thanks so much for the support and we'll see you in Adelaide soon. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Boo Seeker for their time. Between the Head and the Heart is out tomorrow and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Emily at On The Map PR for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the Playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.